Welcome to Non-Gendered Fitness, where we explore health, fitness, transitioning, and queer life from beyond the binary. Proudly brought to you by Fearless Movement Collective, the home of queer fitness and health. And here's your host, Bowie Stovar. Hi there, welcome to Non-Gendered Fitness. This is episode 52. My name is Bowie Stover. My pronouns are they, them. And I am stoked to have you join me today. This show is recorded on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty never was and never will be ceded. And I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. This episode, friends, I want to bust a pretty commonly believed training myth And this is that training needs to be highly uncomfortable or painful to be effective. Now, this is a common narrative and it's visible in the Quotey Fingers motivational slogans that you see around things like no pain, no gain. Uh, The pain you feel today will be the strength you feel tomorrow. Or use the pain as fuel and keep going. Or push through the pain because results matter. (laughs) These are not helpful slogans to be listening to then I mean sure for some people they probably are motivational but they push a false narrative that for your training to actually give you any benefit you have to be in this level of pain or discomfort or suffering and that's not true and it's such a common misconception pushed by the fitness industry that training has to be uncomfortable to be effective and you hear it from so many trainers And it's not true, and in my opinion, it's personally not very motivating. I don't want to think about a training session as, oh my gosh, this is going to, I have to make this as painful as possible for me to get what I want from it. Oh, yay. Woo, I really want to do this now. (laughs) Now, I'm I'm not going to lie. There are ways to train that are highly uncomfortable, but it should never be painful. And... The discomfort that you're feeling is often based on the type of training that you're doing to get a certain outcome because the way you train will influence in ways the outcome that you are going to get. But discomfort and pain are two different things. Sometimes they can be hard to tell the difference of because you can get some pretty highly uncomfortable sensations. But if you are feeling pain, pain is bad. Pain during training means something is going wrong. (laughs) And it's dangerous to think that pain is an acceptable part of training. It is not. It leads to injury. Pain is your body telling you that something isn't right. And you need to listen when that happens. (laughs) Now, I do digress a little. As I said, there are certain ways that you can train that are highly uncomfortable. Things like building mass. It's a very uncomfortable way to train because it asks your body to accumulate a whole lot of lactic acid in your muscles. And lactic acid in your muscles burns it's not it's not pleasant it's not it's really uncomfortable and you need that lactic acid in your muscles to stimulate growth hormone though so there is benefit there but if your goal is not to gain mass then you don't have to train that way you don't have to train to a point where your muscles are burning so aggressively that you're you're sitting there in complete discomfort and then for days afterwards feeling really really stiff and sore and able to unable to move Now, 
Mass gaining is just one way to train. And it's a really common misconception to think that if you're using training weights, that you're just going to get big and bulky. But there's actually a particular way to train to get there. I did an episode on it a little while back. I will link to it in the show notes talking about mass gaining. Now, there are so many ways that you can train and they don't need to be highly uncomfortable to help you reach your goals. Now, I have folks coming to me all the time. I have crewmates asking me, it's like, I'm doing this exercise, but I'm not really sure if I'm feeling it. And I'm like, okay, now, what are you expecting to feel? Like, what is your expectation here? What is your thought? And it often comes back to a client saying, well, you know, I, I, feel, I feel like I'm doing the thing, but, you know, should, shouldn't it be feeling like I'm really used? Shouldn't it be feeling like uncomfortable? Shouldn't it be? And it's like, no. So this, this ridiculous narrative that's been fed to everyone through the fitness industry can make our approach to training one that gives us these beliefs about how it should be that just aren't true. Now, the truth is, you can move your body in an abundance of ways and it will give you benefits and it doesn't have to involve highly uncomfortable ways of training. Now, when I talk about highly uncomfortable ways of training, I mean ways of training like high-intensity interval training. I know I've mentioned high-intensity interval training before. And years ago, I used to be a... When I first became a, um, a coach, when I used to be, I still am. Back in the day, <laughs> when I was first um, finishing my certification and I came out as a, uh, as a trainer, I came out, everyone, I'm a trainer. So <laughs> but I was running boot camps. And... I'd never trained with this style of training. My background was in kettlebells and it always has been. I didn't think that having to do high intensity training was an enjoyable way. I could see its benefits because there are definitely benefits that come to having that high exertion. However, having an understanding of kettlebell training the way I did and other approaches to training, I also knew that there's only so long that you can go all out for before your body just can't go all out anymore. And then it leads to injury, it leads to overtraining, it leads to stopping training because you've pushed yourself so far that you just end up completely burnt out and exhausted. Now, boot camps are generally high-intensity interval training. And I spent a lot of time, I spent a couple years working in this space, training folks in a high-intensity space but that was working for someone else. So when I trained people myself in my style, it was never that way. And it was interesting to see the difference that came from people who trained high intensity versus people who trained in a more moderate intensity that was a not so all or nothing approach to training. Now, if you are new to training or if you are just coming back training or you train, but you're there slogging your way through hit sessions thinking it's the only way to train. I do have exciting news for you, friend. <laughs> so you don't have to suffer in a session to gain strength, muscles, or build endurance. And I know this because it's how I train. It's how I've trained my crew. And it's based on 
the way that I've trained so many people in these different styles to see the outcomes that are possible. Sure, when you begin training, it's challenging, especially when it's new movements and it's not stuff you've ever done before. And that's okay. Expect some level of discomfort. When I, when I talk about training not supposed to be painful, not supposed to be highly uncomfortable, that's not to say that it's not to some level going to cause you discomfort because it will. It's a bit uncomfortable, but it doesn't have to be to the point where you're having to try and just push and push and push yourself to get any sort of outcome that is positive for you. Now, even though when you first start training and it is challenging, it should never be this impossibly hard slog that leaves you destroyed or unable to move by the end of it. (laughs) You know, because after you finish a training session, there's still all those life things that you need to do, right? And if you're feeling so busted from your training session that you then can't function in your regular daily life in all the ways that you need to, where's the benefit in that? What good is it actually doing you? And is that worth the outcome that training is giving you? Because these are all really important things to think about. Now, it's this is also not to say that when you finish a training session, you won't feel used. That is okay. It's okay for your body to feel used. But it's really important to understand that there is a difference between feeling used and feeling (laughs) like you literally are so exhausted that you can't do anything else for the rest of your day. A bit of soreness in your muscles that eases after a couple days after training is totally okay. Soreness that leaves you so sore and stiff for longer than that means you've probably done a bit too much. So if you do a training session, you're still really sore three, four or five days after you've done one training session. I would reassess your workload because you've probably done a bit too much and that's not going to be great for you long term for multiple reasons. My approach to training, I I kind of view it as this perspective that if you're so sore for that long after training that you're you can't get more training sessions or you can't move your body in ways at all, really comfortably, you're not going to be able to move your body constructively or productively, right? But if you do a session that you feel a bit used and you may feel a little bit sore for a couple of days afterwards, but then you can still do another session and then you may feel a little bit stiff and a little bit sore and then you can still do another session and it continues like that. Long term, you're going to be able to continue to keep moving and that makes sense because The more often you can move and and the more ways that you can move, the better it is for you. Because it's not all about just one big session where you lift all the heavy things and like, that's it, you've done that that session, now wait for the benefit. It doesn't work like that because it takes time and it takes repetition. So by doing lower intensity training sessions over a more extended period of time, you actually get faster benefit because you can train more often or move your body in the ways you like more often and you're never going to feel so busted that you can't do anything else that you need to do in your life. Now this is just my personal opinion. There are going to be people out there who will have a completely contrary opinion and thought on this based on their own views, their own experiences and the way they train and I get that. It's totally okay. <laughs> we're all we're all welcome to have these perspectives. I just know from my years in the fitness industry as a trainer that the most common narrative that gets pushed out is this one that training has to be all out it has to be this massive big all or nothing effort 
and there's no accommodation for folks, firstly, who may not like that, or secondly, can't do that for whatever reasons they may have, whether it's physical limitations or anything like that. So it's a way of training that's pushed as being like this epitome of training and, you know, of skilliness and how good you are and how successful you are of training. Because if you can train the hardest, then you're better at training than someone else. It's crap. (laughs) It's not true. But there are other ways, friends, and it's not all about pain and it's not all about going all out and it's got nothing to do with any of those silly quotey fingers and motivational slogans you hear about how you need to suffer through the pain. (laughs) I kind of think they're demotivational personally because anytime I'm approaching a training, if my thought is like, oh my gosh, how am I even going to do this? I don't even want to start. That's, That's not... It's not a good way to think of training because long-term, it's never going to be sustainable. Now, the best thing that you can do if you are starting training or if you already train is just assess how you're training and think about, like, is it getting you where you want to go? Do you enjoy it? Things like that because... They they play big influences on our motivation. And just because you train a certain way now doesn't mean you can't try something different. It doesn't mean you're you're kind of trading down because you're changing your style of training or because you don't like a particular way of training. For instance, high-intensity interval training. I personally don't enjoy it, but I do other types of training in other ways, but it doesn't mean that I'm not as good just because I'm not training in a high-intensity space. So don't think that just because you do decide to try something different or change or find something that you feel a bit more suitable or comfortable for you, that's not a bad thing. And if you have a coach, check in with them. If they're telling you that high intensity or all out type of training is the only way to train, I'd be a little concerned firstly with their knowledge because there are in fact many ways to train and secondly questioning whether or not they can actually help you because if that's their only view of what is the right way to train that's a little bit limiting (laughs) it's limiting for you and it forces you to have to work with what they want to do and it doesn't work around them doing what you want to do because at the end of the day your training is all about you and it's not about your coach not about your coach at all. Your training is solely about you. So be mindful of that. Now, if you're following training sessions from a training app, because there are so many of them around and I know there's a bunch of really accessible ones, they're free. They have pre-made like circuit training sessions and stuff like that, generally in that high intensity format. Now, if you're doing those, that's cool. You may like that, but I challenge you, if you want to try something a bit different, you can still use those high intensity sessions. You can still follow that same format, keep it as a circuit. Usually they're timed. Uh, You'll do like X amount of exercises with this many reps for this many minutes. Keep that, totally follow that. But I challenge you to slow down your movements. That's it. So that's what's the difference between a high intensity training and say a moderate intensity training. It's the speed of your movements, but that also influences the quality of your movements because when you're doing shit really fast, you don't have the same amount of control, which means you don't have the same quality of movement. And in my opinion and in my experience as a coach for the seven or eight years that I've been coaching, what I have learned and I've learned it because I work with kettlebells and because kettlebells, it's so important to have control of your movements because if you don't, you can injure yourself. 
The kettlebells are not something that you can mess around with. You really do need to take movement seriously when you train with them. So that's given me this perspective that when you train any movement, even if it's body weight, moving your body more, so getting in more reps, is not better than getting in less reps, but with really good movement. And what I mean by good movement is controlled movement slowed down movement where the whole time you have control over your body they are steady movements movements where you're not using gravity to help you get into certain positions because it's really easy when you're doing something fast a squat for instance if you're trying to just get out as many of them as you can in a certain amount of time you're just going to drop yourself down you're going to let your knees bend and your butt's just going to sink down as low as it's going to go but that's not actually using your body to do it that's using gravity right so if you were, for instance, to take a squat and slow, slow it down, lower yourself into that bottom part of the squat and then stand back up out of it, the same pace that you lowered yourself down with, just try it out <laughs> with any movement. I Seriously, I guarantee that when you slow down a movement and you, when you gain more control with a movement, you will be working in a way that rushing through a movement will never give you. It won't because the slower you go, the more time your muscles are working for and the more muscles get to work. And that's a good thing (laughs) because the more muscles that are working, the more muscles that are working. And that means you get more benefit. It means you get more strength. It means you get to develop safe movement patterns. And that's the thing. So when we move our bodies in a certain way, our body gets used to moving in a certain way, right? They're called movement patterns. Now, when we continually rush through movements because we're just trying to get in as fast as we can because the clock says I have to get as bad as I can, Ah! (laughs) and you're kind of going through as fast as you can, our bodies get used to moving in a certain way. And that way is not always beneficial for us because it's not controlled. It's not always safe. It can rely on gravity to do the work for us. It can rely on... Uh, on asymmetries that we have where some parts of our bodies overcompensate for certain areas, other areas of our body. So we actually practice these movements in a way that aren't long-term going to be as beneficial as taking that time, slowing it down a little bit and understanding and really feeling how your body is moving slow and steady. And over time, when you move and because it's practice, right, we're training our body to move a certain way. So when you move slowly with more control, what we're teaching our body is a safer way to move. It's giving us more strength. It's giving us more stability in our body. And long term, that is more beneficial because when it comes to training, sustainably, long term, a slower pace moderate intensity training session is sustainable, particularly as you get older. And this is something I'm learning as I've gotten older. And I never used to think so much like this, but now I feel I feel my body recovering differently when I train and when I train a lot. And it's that when I move well, I can feel that in my body. And when I haven't moved well or when I've rushed things through or been a little bit thoughtless, I feel that differently in my body and it doesn't feel great. And I end up with like a bit twingy in places. And 
it's not enjoyable and it makes me less inclined to train when I'm in a little bit of pain or I'm in a little bit of discomfort because I've moved through in a little bit of a rushed manner. So long term, as we get older, because we always need to look at training about about a long-term approach because short-term, sure, you can smash out a whole bunch of stuff, but you're going to get to an age where you start recovering differently just because our bodies change as we get older, our hormone levels change, our energy levels change. And this is not all doom and gloom because I'm 36 now and I train more than I ever have in my life. And I'm able to do that because I do it sustainably. So just because you're getting older doesn't mean you need to train less or move less. It just means you need to move smarter. And that's what slowing your training down will do for you. So if you are using a fitness app and you're doing high intensity stuff and you want to experiment and see what feels more challenging to you, do a session, slow it down. Slow all your movements down. Just take your time. Don't rush. There's a time limit and it says get through as many times as you can, but I challenge you to get through as many times as you can with control, which means slow down, slow up, maintaining that pace the whole way through the movement to keep it consistent. You will (laughs) feel that very quickly, friend. (laughs) And it's a little bit of fun because you, the, the changing the pace on a movement, the slower you go, the more challenging it gets. And that's just, that's just how it is. So rushing through things doesn't always get you where you think you, it might get you. It definitely gets your heart rate up more, but that doesn't always mean it's beneficial for you. Now, I get that there are folks out there who do like to train high intensity. They like to train heavy or they just like to push themselves for fun. And that is totally okay. It is so valid to train that way. And I will never say otherwise. I am speaking here purely from my own personal preferences and from an understanding of what I've learned and seen over the years of training hundreds of people and how they move their bodies and how they like to move their bodies and what is accessible and what is just not so visible. And this slower, more controlled way of training is just not sold in the same way as high intensity training is. Even even when it comes to gyms, You've got, you know, the weights area where you're doing like really heavy stuff and mass gain, or you've got classes where it's all high intensity training sessions or it's yoga or Pilates, right? There's no in between here. And that's just my experience from what I've seen of my years in the industry. And it's not to say one is necessarily better than the other, just that there are different ways to train and people enjoy different things. And you don't have to just follow this one narrative that training's always going to have to be high intensity or painful or exceptionally uncomfortable for it to be giving you benefit. It's a false narrative and it's misleading and it's limiting in showing people what is actually possible when it comes to training. And that is pretty much the point I'm making today. <laughs> this is, <laughs> there's not only one way to train, regardless of what this narrative that is being pushed out there is. There are so many options. And this is a consistent message, as I said, that I've seen. And it's pushed and pushed. It's the sexy way of training. You can brag, it's, you know, it's brag worthy. Oh, I do boot camps. I do high intensity training. Or I'm all about the mass gains. <laughs> It may not sound so impressive going up to someone and be like, I do I do medium intensity training. I work at a moderate pace. I feel good. <laughs> but it's great. It's a great way to train. And it's a, a way of training that I've seen. So many people are able to manage and sustain longer term because it's not so daunting. You move at a pace that feels good for you. You get the benefits. You don't feel so busted afterwards that you can't do anything else. And 
I know I've spoken about this often, <laughs> and it's because I strongly believe that low to medium intensity sessions are very effective at helping people reach their goals. For myself, I tend to stick to medium intensity training sessions, meaning that a majority of my training sessions require me to exert about 60 to 70% of my maximum effort. So I'm not smashing myself. I am able to sustain a moderate pace. My training is uh, focused on strength and muscle endurance and cardio capacity. And this is because I trained for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I have a particular sport that I train my body in a certain way that suits that. So for me, that's what works. I don't need a huge amount of muscle mass for that. Actually, the the leaner I can be, the better because Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is all about weight classes. So it's advantageous for me to be lighter but strong, right? So think about why you want to train because we all have different reasons. It could be for sports. It could be for self-care or just for the challenge. Training in and of itself is a sport. I spent years with my sport being kettlebells and that was it. And I have found a lot of enjoyment in that and I've mastered a lot of movements in kettlebells. But we all have these different goals. So think about your reasons for training and then look at the ways that you can approach training to achieve those goals because it doesn't have to be highly uncomfortable. It doesn't have to be painful. It should never be painful. Training should never be painful. Pain is bad, friends. I can't reiterate that enough. Pain equals bad. (laughs) Discomfort, okay. Pain, bad. Sometimes it can be challenging to kind of distinguish the two, but there's definitely a difference. Now, remember that There are more ways to train than fitness trends may let on that there are actually available and accessible. And that's kind of sad (laughs) because it becomes really limiting. And from all the people who I train, all of my crew, and I train a whole bunch of people now, and I train in a moderate, a low to moderate intensity kind of way. And it works for them. It's going to work for some people. It's not going to work for others. So find what works for you. And if you are looking at doing that, Perfect. Uh, now, if you want to slow down your movements in a session, but you're, you may happen to have like a class where you do your sessions or you have a coach that is trying to push you to go faster, because this can be a thing. Some people may, you know, like they go to gyms because the classes are fun. They're great. They're a social space. I get it. Training with other people is it's so fun. It is. But maybe the intensity of the class is just a little bit too much for you and you want to slow it down. Friend, that is okay. Do it. These sessions are for you. Remember that. These sessions are not about what you need to do because your coach or instructor is telling you. These sessions are for you, so you need to make them work for you. Now, if you're in a class or you have a coach and they're trying to push you to go faster, I'd say share with your coach or instructor your intentions. Say that you want to try slowing things down and you want to do it your way because training is for you. And the most important thing is that you are enjoying it. If your coach or instructor tries to like convince you that their way is how it needs to be, well, that's disappointing. <laughs> because this is them making your choice about themselves and not about you. You are the person who is exploring how you want to train and the ways that feel good and the way that is enjoyable for you. So stick with that. Don't think just because your coach or instructor says otherwise that you're wrong because you're not. This is all your choice here, friend. A coach or an instructor cannot tell you that you are wrong because that's very limiting. There are so many ways that you can train. Now, if that does happen, 
it can be tough because your, your coach or your instructor, they may be an amazing human. They may be super great. You may get along with them really well. But if they are not open to accommodating to your needs, that's not okay. And it can reflect a couple things. Either they only have one way that they know how to train you, which is kind of limiting for you and a little concerning. <laughs> or they are inflexible in how they train and they just don't want to train you differently because they think that they are right. And that happens. It happens quite often because trainers can fall into these narratives of ways that fitness is provided. And I get that. I did my coaching certifications and the whole aim of the certification was to feed me into a gym. That was the way that the learnings were structured, to be to feed people into these box gyms, these commercial spaces. And that teaches you one way of training. I was just fortunate to have mentors who weren't within that space, who had a broad range of knowledge, who had been training for heaps of years and had this knowledge that I was able to access and learn from, and I didn't get that through my certifications, <laughs> which is sad and concerning that the certif certifications are so kind of surface level, focused more on gyms, but that's how it is. So not all trainers are going to know this stuff if they haven't gone out and sought to find more knowledge in other places. And it may be that if you find that your coach or your instructor can't accommodate you in the way you need, regardless of how amazing they are as a human, Maybe they're not the right fit for you. That might be something really challenging to even look at. But that could just be how it is. So reflect on what you want. Because it doesn't have to be all about pain. It doesn't have to be all about discomfort. So feel good about experimenting with that friend and feel good about having those conversations if you do have a coach or an instructor, seeing if they can work with you. If they can, bonza. Yes, <laughs> it's all good. If not... Yeah, maybe there's someone else who you can talk to. So let's have a look at what we've touched on today. We've looked at busting that myth of training needing to be highly uncomfortable or painful to quote fingers work or to help you because it doesn't. <laughs> there are so many ways you can train your body that give you huge benefits that have nothing to do with smashing yourself, that have nothing to do with high intensity training, that have nothing to do with becoming so uncomfortable that you can't use your body. And we've looked at the great alternatives to commonly push idea that HIIT training is the best practice by slowing your movements down. Any high intensity session can be turned into a moderately intense session by slowing down your movement. Mind blowing. <laughs> so give that a go. If you do send any sort of circuit training and you want to experiment with the intensity, slow down your movements. Move with as much control as possible and have a see how you feel afterwards. Now, I've also looked at what you can do if you happen to work with a coach or instructor in a class or one-on-one -on -one by sharing that you want to train in a maybe a bit of a different way from what they're offering. See if they can support you. Ask if they have an understanding of this. And if not, maybe looking for someone else who is willing to work with you in the ways that you are specifically asking to be worked with. Now, you can find all of these details in the show notes, friends. If you are enjoying the show and you know someone who might like this episode or any of the other 51 episodes that I've done, please share it with them. <laughs> if you have any questions about this episode, 
or you'd like to learn more about how we may be able to support you, you can go to our website, www.fearlessmovement.co. You can message us there. You can jump in. You can try out our free trial. You can try out one of our other programs that we have available there. If you don't want to go to our website and catch up with us, you can find us on Facebook at Fearless Movement Collective or Instagram, which is where we are most often by going to non-gender fitness at the handle non underscore gender underscore fitness or me bowie as the dot no dot t dot mb yes remember friends i have rolled fearless movement collectives account and non-gendered fitnesses account together so they're all in the one place at the handle non underscore gendered underscore fitness if you aren't following us there but you follow fearless movement collective follow non-gendered fitness friend that's how you're going to keep up to date (laughs) yes And until next week, remember that there are so many ways that you can move your body. It doesn't have to be highly uncomfortable and should never be painful. It doesn't matter who you're training with. You can move however you want because your training is all about you. So find those people who can support you and your needs. Have a right as day, pal.